The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello and welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about how the world is falling apart and sometimes about how people are putting it back together. What it is today, it's me, I'm James, if you haven't worked that out yet, and I'm joined by Shireen. Say hi, Shireen. Hi, th- this is Shireen. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm joined today by uh, Vicente Calderon. Uh, he's a freelance journalist and the proprietor publisher of TijuanaPress.com. Uh, and he's covered uh, the situation on the ground in Tijuana for a very long time. It's done excellent work. Um, Vicente, what should people know about you? Nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. And in advance, I have to apologize for my English because this is oh, a mixture please. of Sesame Street and the Tijuana streets. So, <laughs> That's excellent. So take a picture in the burro kind of English as we <laughs> joke here. Uh, I'm a, a, a real, originally, I'm a psychologist. I graduated from the School of Psychology here, but I only worked for a couple of years and then I got stuck with journalism and I have been here for more than 30 years by now. I've been doing journalism from radio and then I moved to television 
And then I went to the U.S. to work with Spanish language media twice in L.A. And then I came back and now I'm, I'm doing online or, or, or digital medium uh, journalism, so to speak. So I'm a native here. And again, I was just supposed to be working this for a while until I got old enough to look like a psychologist. But it, <laughs> it just got caught on the, on the um, addiction for journalism. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. All right. So um, the reason we're to talk to you today is that we have seen a dramatic increase in violence in Tijuana since Friday, right? We're recording this on the Tuesday, the 16th of August. So if people are listening to it later, they'll know. But can you explain a little bit of what happened over the weekend in Tijuana and then across Mexico as well? Well, the thing began on Friday here in Mexicali and Tijuana. Mexicali is the capital of the state of Baja California, which is in the northwestern side end of the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, so we began seeing people burning cars on the road. They were just ordering people from public transportation to get off the vehicle, uh, not in a very, so to speak, threatening matter kind of way, because they said, well, the problem is not with you, but you have to get off. Because otherwise, because when I, we're going to burn this bus, and and nobody was actually nobody was really hurt intentionally. We have just in Tijuana, we have about fifteen cases like that. It was mainly public transportation vehicles, or some cases trucks, cargo trucks, or private vehicles. But most of it were public transportation vehicles. But people were working and were moving people from their homes to their works or to want to run one errand to another side. So we began to see that this was in a very limited space of time happening, not only in, in Tijuana and in Mexicali, but also in five out of seven cities of Baja California. Nobody was claiming responsibility, but it looks like it was a coordinated effort in the basically the main cities of the state. Uh, we were very surprised because even though we have been dealing with drug violence for many decades by now, we never seen something who looks like the narco blockades or blockades of the streets with drug traffickers, which are unfortunately very common in other cities like Monterrey, for example, recently in Jalisco. Um, uh, on the Pacific coast, very in the central part of Mexico, but not here in Tijuana. I mean, um, I, I know it sounds ra rare or, or strange for many people who know Tijuana for his bad reputation, but no, we never had cases like this before. That's why it was so surprising. At the end, that was on Friday, and then immediately the local authorities began to display not only police from different, different agencies, but also soldiers who were coincidentally, so to speak, were here in big numbers and large numbers because there's a really uh, big push to put out more soldiers to help with public safety in Mexico. Not everybody's pleased with that because it's, they say that Mexico is becoming a militarized country and it shouldn't be because we have, have to, we are trying to be a democracy and in a democracy is not the, the military or the army 
in charge of the, so much responsibility, but that's something ha that has been changing specifically with this new federal administration with the president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. So they sent out all of the soldiers and police officers and things basically diminished. But by that time, in about, le in, in about less than two hours, uh, people was already really scared. Obviously, the news spread in social media and people began worrying. Uh, also, they, they began seeing that the public transportation was not enough because many were just came to a halt. I mean, and not just the public transportation, the official of the city, but all the digital platforms like Uber, Didi, or other uh, services were just worried that it might be the next one. So um, if I stay on the roads, am I going to be the target of these guys? We were not sure what was going on. We, I guess every Tijuana has like a, an idea that this was coming or linked to drug trafficking, but we were not sure at that time. So um, in a couple of hours, every uh, we didn't see more of these cases, but, but at that time, the city was really disrupted. So they began closing. I mean, the first thing affected was public transportation. So people was stranded without, with no ways to go to back home. And some schools were canceling classes. And since the students were not able to find transportation, some offered places to stay or spend the night on the schools. Also, that happened in, in um, with other companies, with the maquiladora plants, the, the manufacturing plants that are very popular. There's thousands of people here in, in Tijuana who work there, also in Mexicali. But here also, they, in some cases, have to open spaces so they can spend the night there. And we went out and was a lot of people stranded with no place, with no way to move from where they were when this began. Yeah, I saw even like uh, Calimax, the, the supermarket was closed, right? Like They did close early and they announced that the next day they will hold their operation, that they will not open. So they will not put in jeopardy to the safety of their workers. I mean, and they, at that, during Friday, we didn't know what really what was going on. How severe was this happening? And just keep in mind that on Friday, Friday was the end of the of a week of very violent scenes in different cities. It began in Guadalajara, when the where the army was trying to capture a couple of drug lords or chief of cells from the uh, Jalisco Nueva Generación Cartel or the Jalisco New Generation Cartel, which is the quote unquote newest and the strongest and most rapidly expanded drug organization in Mexico. And the problem is there, the dynamic was very, very different. Again, in Tijuana, even after the weekend, nobody was killed. Just one person in Mexicali got uh, injured due to burns when, while they were burning the, his truck, but apparently nothing major. So in the case of Guadalajara, it was different. They were at gunpoint pulling people, families out of their private vehicles and also buses. And there, there they were really actually blockading roads in an effort to disrupt the, the operation from the soldiers trying to capture their, their buses. And so the violence were, were way more strong, so to speak, there. 
And after that, it moved to Guanajuato, another state where, where there's high presence of Cartel Jalisco new generation. And two days later, we saw the worst case in Ciudad Juarez, across from El Paso, Texas. Ciudad Juarez is also another border town or border city, should say, that has been dealing with a lot of drug trafficking cases. And, and the things was terribly worse there. I mean, they were there killing civilians randomly. They got to convenience stores, like think about your 7-Eleven, the, the counterpart is called also, it's a very uh, big chain. chain. Uh, and in, a, in one of these cases, they just went in, opened fire to the cashier and they killed him. In other cases, uh, a pregnant woman got killed and another one, since they burned these these uh, places, uh, there's one who there's two persons who died due to asphyxiation because they got went caught up. They were not able to flee the 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 place when these guys were were show, showing up there. Many of these guys were also yelling or screaming, um, "Hooray for the Jalisco Nueva Generación boss," which is called uh, Oseguera. Uh, I can't remember his name. Mencho, Mencho Oseguera. Mencho is his nickname. Mencho Oseguera is the leader of Cartel Jalisco New Generation. And they were just praising him and just saying that they were people from Mencho and this, they were just uh, celebrating him as they were doing all this destruction and terrorizing people. So the worst part was in, in Ciudad Juarez, uh, sadly. I'm not saying that this was not bad, but just we have to put it in perspective. And fortunately, here, Sadly for the people of Ciudad Juarez, fortunately for the people here, nobody was injured in those activities uh, uh, on Friday. That diminished on Saturday, but we got more cases on Sunday night in Mexicali. And we actually have uh, four, uh, about four cases on the first, on the last hours of Monday in Ensenada. We are still seeing if all of this has been related to the same effort due to organized crime or are just copycats? Because unfortunately, unfortunately, that also is happening. Some of the cases in Mexicali that happened on Sunday night uh, were, according to the chief of police there, just copycats were just taking advantage of the situation. I see. Well, well that's, that's interesting because... Until someone takes responsibility, even if they do, all the talks about like what cartels are what, that's just like in theory, right? Because there you don't know who's doing what. Am I understanding correctly? Well, yes, because it's, it's, it's not like when a terrorist organization claims responsibility for a bombing on, in the Middle East, for example. But here the, the thing is, now the authorities are saying that it was not just one, but different organizations. They blame it mainly on Jalisco New Generation because it's one of the, along with the Sinaloa cartel, more broadly extended in, in the state, different state. And in this particular case, they can link it in the case of Jalisco and Guanajuato because they got information of these two bosses uh, getting into a meeting and that's why they reacted. And in the case of Ciudad Juarez was different because everything began there with a dispute within inmates of the local jail where there are clearly two factions from the, the two main organizations who have been controlling turf in, in, the, in Ciudad Juarez. Here, we were not sure because 
Unfortunately, we have not just one or two, we have three drug cartels or trafficking organizations who have been acting or, or uh, delinquent uh, for the several years right now, which is the Jalisco New Generation, the one we talk about, which is the relatively newest organization, the Sinaloa cartel, who has been from the cradle of drug traffic in Mexico, the state of Sinaloa, expanding the routes that I'm sure they know El Chapo from the narco series, very popular now, uh, has been uh, the, the public enemy number one, according to Chicago, uh, for uh, about eight years ago, and now in a, in a jail in New York. But their, their sons and their associates are still operating their trafficking organization along different routes in Mexico and, and Baja California is one of those routes where they have a, lot, a strong presence. And also the Arellano Felix drug organization, the so-called Tijuana cartel that is very popular, has its own um, series on Netflix as part of Narcos Mexico. This is the relevance of these kids who, who grow up uh, as, as criminals at the border between Tijuana and San Diego. So we, nobody has claimed responsibility uh, um, as in other cases, but I think it's, it's, it's safe to know that these are the main suspects. In the case of Tijuana, it's also the possibility that the feud between these three organizations um, was an excuse for this level of violence. I mean, everybody's trying to be the strongest force. So they challenge themselves, not, on the, not only on the streets, but on social media. And this was uh, also a way to challenge the authorities because even though the authorities reacted quickly, and kind of subdue more or, or, or frustrate more events, they were able to burn 15 cars at the end of the weekend were 36 in different areas in different cities. So. That is not something that you can say, now the authority is the military uh, chief of the country saying, well, in Tijuana they didn't attempt it against so, um, the civilians. Well, they did, they didn't kill them, but they burned their property and they disrupted the whole operation. So we are also seeing very carefully the way the local, the local and national authorities are reacting because we were lucky now, but this is probably will happen again if there's not a really strong response from an, an intelligent response from the authorities. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. If it, I'm sorry if this is silly, but is there any deeper meaning to it being specifically public transportation? Like it just seems so specific to like target how civilians are like transporting themselves. Is it, is it just like a show of power to be like, we're going to make everyone freeze or there, is there any deeper meaning to like what they're targeting? Not that I understand so far. I mean, for me right now is because as they did, uh, they were successful and bringing the city to a halt. I mean, we went out and just think this was a Friday summer night in Avenida Revolución who has seen a renaissance since the last, I've been for the last 10 years. There's a lot of people coming from the US side and from Mexico to enjoy the gastronomy local, the, the bars, the, the, the party scene was dead. The only people we, were found, we found there Friday night was um, workers that were not able to find an Uber or, or the Uber was, I talked to some of the Uber drivers, the DD drivers told me, it went from one 
to seven. Uh, I mean, it, something will cost you ten dollars. We're, we're costing the price was now seven seventy dollars due to the high demand and poor offer. So no, I don't find another another explanation so far. So far, with the information that we have until now, um, that could explain. But they did reach a big impact with these relatively easy actions uh, after the, the, all these coordinated attacks. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning the context of in uh, one of Guzman's kids was arrested in, I believe, 2018. I'm not good at dates, but around then. And there was a huge, huge increase in violence immediately following that, right? And eventually AMLO, uh, the, the president, gave the order to release him. And oh, that so, was, yeah, that was more recent, was Ovidio, one of the main d- sons in, in, in something that we call the Culiacanazo. Culiacan <laughs> is the name of the city, is the capital yeah. of the state of Sinaloa. As we said, I have family. My mother is from Sinaloa and, and some people from Sinaloa get offended when we say that it's a cradle of drug trafficking in Mexico because most of the power, the law, the drug laws come from, from, from Sinaloa. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and that's something that has become a big recurrent topic when people criticize, especially the, the political opposition, criticize the current president because uh, they said this is the origin of these kind of demonstrations. So wh- when, when the government wants to act, now the criminals know that an effort, a coordinated effort to get out on the streets and to show their muscle could um, make the government to think twice, to, to hold their operation and to free, in some cases, these guys. Again, in the case of Jalisco, they were on the way, according to the official statement from the Mexican army, to try to capture these two leaders, but didn't happen. I mean, the, 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 the criminals get organized to blockade the actions of the authorities. In the case of Tijuana, we were not, we didn't get to that point. It was more like, there's also one theory which says that the local chapter, so to speak, of the Cartel Jalisco Nueva Generación was just trying to replicate what happened there just to, to, to show the force, though, to demonstrate the muscle as, mm-hmm. a, as a criminal organization here in Tijuana. Yeah, that's I, basically I, the two theories that right. this a dispute between them, and and the other one is that um, they were just replicating a little bit in a in a in a different dimension, so to speak, what happened in, in Mexicali, just to tell them you do the same here. This is what you're gonna be facing, and that was a message for the authorities. Yeah, I I saw a resident compare it to. Uh, what it was like in the early stages of COVID, like how ghost town it was. And I mean, when you think about it, that's pretty powerful if a cartel can have the impact of a pandemic, if not more so. It's it's uh, it's terrifying. I can't imagine. I think it was worse when we were now when COVID first began in the lockdown. And this will be too silly, but there's the red light districts that never sleeps here. We went to that particular corridor. Nobody was in the main drag there. But it's a reality. We, 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 just, we went out and we got video of the streets basically empty. Yeah, your video on your Twitter, we'll, we'll find a way to link to it, was incredible. It was just like, this is normally like uh, the strip in Las Vegas or something, and it was just a ghost town. 
A ghost town, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. the only people we found there was uh, people looking for transportation. Yeah, it's crazy. So there's been a massive at least show of state power in Tijuana in the last, I don't know, four, five, six months. Like they're constantly rotating new troops in. They do the parades with the big flag. Uh, and it's like to, to looking from the outside, from a less informed perspective, it looks like there are these various actors right, and each of them sort of uh, flexes their muscles in a different way. Um, and, is that relevant here? Has the army, they discovered a tunnel, if I remember correctly. Have they done much else in Baja since they started these big deployments? No, that's one of the main complaints of the locals, uh, organizations, uh, civil or civilian organizations here, because even though we have, I'm gonna, I, I make some notes, and we have 5,660 soldiers um, right now in the state of Baja California, most of them in Tijuana, who have been deployed since August last year, which is when the national strategy, strategy of peace, as the government called it, began. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I can give you another statistics. We have only uh, just in Tijuana, in the municipality of Tijuana, so far this year, almost 1,200 homicides. I mean, we as, as a city, as a municipality, we have way more homicides than many Mexican states. This is the level of violence that we are dealing with in a daily basis. And, and this is when you hear the authorities talking about a reduction on homicides, which is true, probably true in terms of, of the numbers of statistics. But still, 1,000, we, um, we are a little bit past half the year, and we already passed 1,000 homicides. I mean, when people get uh, alarm in, in Chicago is when you are hitting, I remember a couple of years ago, like 500 uh, and the whole year. We have this in three months. And, 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 and this is the kind of, of problems that we're, we're dealing with. But you have to also keep in mind, last week, the DOJ of the US, the FBI, the DA, Customs and Border Protection have a gathering to announce that San Diego became the epicenter for smuggling of fentanyl. 60% of the seizures of fentanyl in all the nation occur between San Isidro, the main port of entry here in San Diego, to Calexico. And there are six ports of entry in this stretch of land on the end of the border, on the western end of the border. Well, these places is where more than half of the fentanyl that is being smuggled to the U.S., it's going through. That will explain part the level of violence that we've been dealing and how even though there's good efforts uh, by the local authorities, state and local authorities, I mean, even given that there's cases of corruption as in any other agency, um, I would say that we have great, very capable detectives and police officers in Mexico, but, there, but in many cases, there's no political will from their bosses to really act on on and the, on the benefit, benefiting the public. So this is the kind of the problem that we're dealing uh, You know, fentanyl is now the most uh, lucrative drug to, to transport or, or traffic uh, in between Mexico and the U.S., even with all the problems that is causing in the U.S., with more than 120,000 people dying in the last year or overdoses linked to opioids. But also now we have a problem that is growing with people dying with fentanyl overdose 
besides the fentanyl, the, the methamphetamine problem that also has been increasing uh, the traffic here. And now we are seeing the comeback of some drugs trafficking and deep and new levels like heroin and cocaine, who came out of fashion for a while, but now is doing like kind of a resurgence, at least in this corridor. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like there, there, there's been an increase specifically coming through that that Baja California area. Maybe then we should explain a little bit about these three actors, right? The uh, CJNG, we'll call them the Cartel de Sinaloa and the Ariano Felix or Tijuana Cartel. Can you explain a little bit about who they are and where they sort of fit into this or where they come from maybe? Well, I basically all come from the... Uh, <laughs> people watching Netflix, Narcos and Netflix, they talk about this federation of cartels. Again, everything, the main power was from the state of Sinaloa and between 19, mid-90s, 1994, mid-90s, when the arrest of uh, Felix Gallardo, they established, they distributed the routes, and one was the, uh, the one of the Pacific, along the Pacific, from Sinaloa to the, along the Pacific, and they basically um, cut the country into different domain routes, and then you have different organizations. Those organizations who used to be together became a powerful uh, house on their own. And that has increased the violence from the 90s because now you have, from the beginning, the, the Arellano Felix, who used to be partners with El Chapo, uh, uh, ended up in, in disputes and feuds among them. So the, the main one is, was, the main one and oldest is the Sinaloa cartel, head by the Chapo Guzman uh, and now uh, Ismael El Mayo Zambada, which is still a gentleman, gentleman around probably getting to their this 80s. I'm not quite sure, but but who has been on the run for many years, but relatively calm and with big investments and with the high presence here in Baja California, with that faction of the Sinaloa cartel. And the Sinaloa cartel also, when the, after the arrest of El Chapo, is it's run and the other big faction for the Sons of, of El Chapo Guzman, Ovidio, and, and el, los chap, they call it Los Chapitos, yeah. Little Chapos. Yeah, the Little Chapos. There's like three, three Ivan Archivaldo, and I can't remember the, the name of the other one. So that's Sinaloa Cartel, with wheat presence, but it mainly in the northern part, and really mainly basic, basically uh, their thing is to manufacturing um, methamphetamine and now fentanyl and send it to the U.S., um, then the Arellano Felix Drug Organization, who became as a result of that division, that distribution, that the, uh, according to the most commonly known narrative about drug world, um, Felix Gallardo distributed after his arrest, established themselves in, in Tijuana. They are from Sinaloa too, but they established themselves from Tijuana in the actually in the eighties, but the nineties. They became powerful on its own. And they, due to the proximity of San Diego and to the fact that they mix, mix with many of the border lifestyle elite of Tijuana, they changed the image of the drug trafficker. They became more entrepreneurs and they wanted to become the main, the first Mexican cartel, Colombian Pablo Escobar style, according to the narrative, no? Uh, and they did. 
they became in the 90s they were most one of the most powerful drug organization in the world for the amount of, of not just marijuana but cocaine that they were moving i mean they established relationships with colombian and after a while colombians were not trafficking in mexico they were just sending the drug to the mexicans at the beginning they were uh, colombians were kind of leasing the routes in the mexican territory to send the drugs into the u.s but then when this division of and, and newcomers and the drug trade in mexico they be, they decide and i think the, the ariano felix have some um something to do with that they want to go and get the, the drugs from Colombians in the South in South America and bring in and just take care of the whole thing. So it become their own cartel. And then, then uh, Jalisco Nueva Generación is another offshoot, offshoot is what you call it? Like a, yes. a yeah, yeah. spin-off, a spin-off kind of <laughs> would be another way of the, of the Sinaloa cartel because they used to have um, a presence in Guadalajara and the different factions were killing each other, changing loyalties, and they became a force on, on their own um, after a big division between the Beltran Leiva group and the Ignacio Coronel uh, organization, and they become their own uh, cartel on its own. And, and that's where, according to the DEA and, and also Mexican authorities, is expanding more rapidly in very short period of time. And then, unfortunately, have been moving not only to drug trafficking, but there's many small groups that now are making their money and the old way of the mafia, the Cosa Nostra was doing their money in New York in the 70s or before, no? that they were just extorting money out of local businesses from a well-established chain of stores to a little Tagestan on the corner. There's also the trafficking of gasoline in Mexico and, and has been doubling. I mean, anything that they, once they get powerful, they began to move to other activities. For example, in the case of the Ariano Felix, kidnapping wasn't a thing, let's say, before the, 90, uh, before the, the 90s in Baja California. They were kidnapping people who owned, who used to be their, their associates. Is the the where's my money kind of thing, no? Like you yeah. think about good fellows and, and, and they were killing each other, there is everything among themselves. Uh, mm. but later they began that they were were they were acting with a lot of impunity, that they had a lot of cops and authorities on their payroll. So they began to move to other ways to earn money. And that's what we are seeing now. That this expanding this little as it in, in Colombia they used to call it baby cartels. We now have like a new chapters, smaller organization, not as powerful, but as violent as, as the original. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. 
With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! You're probably careful with your personal information. But what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I wanted to ask, because I saw a lot of these, like, uh, supposedly, like, they come up on TikTok or Facebook, right? They're these little announcements from the different cartels. And they tend to say, at least in the context of Baja California, that, like, we don't want to disrupt uh, ordinary people or good people or good citizens of Baja California, you know, but we need you to stay in your homes this weekend, right? Things like that. But it, it obviously does have an impact on the people who... Uh, just sort of doing whatever they do, just running their business. Um, so I was wondering sort of how people get through these difficult times in, in Tijuana and Baja California. Well, times are becoming more difficult because many people <laughs> believe this because the widespread possibility of, of, of disseminating these messages, no? And you never mm-hmm. know which ones are real yes. and which ones are not. Um, 
I mean, you guys have the same with the gangs. Remember, like, don't blink your, your headlights because then <laughs> the gang will start killing people left and right. So <laughs> yes, just yeah. take that on steroids now with social media and, and now everybody with a phone that can get that messages. And that, was, that played a big role in what happened on, on Friday here in Tijuana. They were recycling uh, a video of three guys uh, videotaping themselves in front of the attorney general's office in Tijuana says, oh, Menchu is here. Uh, we're going to kill everybody and just being very loud and, 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 and uh, with a lot of insults and trying to scare the, uh, uh, everybody, the rivals, yeah. but everybody else. So during the, the hours of Friday, somebody began retweeting that when it was uh, at least a year old video of them claiming that that they will they were already here so some people think well this all this commotion happening all this cars burning they didn't know exactly what was going on some people began to call in narco bloqueos that just scare more people and then you see this so the level of anxiety increased significantly you have to be very careful and, and there's also you have to also keep in mind the political feuds that we are seeing what you are seeing between some people loyal to trump and the Republican Party and some people that are, are against Trump is the same here with Morena and non-Morena actors or people who likes the Morena, which is the, the political party funded, created by the current president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, or the ones who are against them and are very unhappy or angry with all these social policies. Um, and, and for example, we have here a television station run owned by the former governor of Baja California, who has, is a very close friend of Andres Manuel López Obrador, the current president, who became a very powerful figure. And, and due to his proximity with López Obrador, basically the current president revived this, this gentleman, which by the way, lives in San Diego in Chula Vista in a big mansion, uh, because he exiled himself from about 30 years ago when, he was associated with the last PRI government, the pre, the political party to run Mexico for the last for 70 years uh, in a row. Uh, he was a very close associate with Jicotenca uh, Leiva Mortera, which was the, the current governor who, uh, who didn't finish his, his term because the and then president of Mexico, Carlos Salinas, accused him of corruption. So he just removed him. And this guy, Jaime Bonilla, uh, became a paria. So the PAN, the new power, basically marked him because also he has some previous suspicious relationships through the baseball team here in Tijuana and from other endeavors that makes them look like very close to the Ariano Felix Drug Organization. The Ariano Felix Drug Organization has been linked for many years with the last administration because they claim that that last PRI administration is the one who basically opened the door for the Ariano Felix to establish here in Baja California. So this is what we are seeing, that, that this message, well, now this guy <laughs> who just left the, the office, the, the Jaime Bonilla just finished his governorship on December last year. So there's a new governor, but he also owns a television station. So he, who is always criticizing the current governor, which is, by the way, the same political party, was uh, uh, 
using some of these messages with no proof or no validity or very suspicious. And he was saying in their newscasts were saying, well, there's also this happening. There's this threats and they know that this government is corrupt. And they were just adding to, to the fire. And uh, I mean, as an analogy, not to the real fire, but, but to the concern <laughs> of the people. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. in this term, like saying that, oh, we're going to start a lockdown and we'll be talking uh, together. What's the word for talking, the expression for talking together? Like the, you cannot go out, go yeah. out in the street. The uh, martial law. Court, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martial law. Yeah. Martial, martial law will start at six. Uh, yeah. If we see you on the streets, we're going to kill you. That yeah. was a message that that wow. television station was repeating once and again every day. So was just adding to it. So all these, I, all these new novelties, so to speak, with the digital era are also creating bigger fires in the political spectrum and in a place where you never know what exactly the line is between the criminals and the government. Yeah, I think that's a very good uh, thing to highlight, actually, this idea that there's like distinct blocks, right? Like, uh, and then this applies in, I, I don't want to say like this is a Mexican thing because it's not, this is a global thing, but like that there's a distinct block between like crime and media that you consume and the government and the people that, that like are working for the state. Like, like the, the idea that these are very separate and that they're walled off doesn't, it doesn't apply here and, it, and, it, and I don't think we should see it elsewhere either. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. He's becoming is becoming worse and worse, no? Because uh, these factions now have this other arena. I mean, we are seeing it here also with the official statements from the authorities. I mean, I was telling you earlier that that the the military had the, the secretary of the military says, well, in Tijuana they didn't went against the civilians, uh, and and the governor also repeated that. So, well, here Fortuna they didn't affect the, the the life of the people. Of course, of course they did. I mean, we were lucky they didn't kill anybody, but but no, they, they did. And, and so you have to also be fighting that propaganda from the government against the propaganda from the criminal groups and the different political legal factions in other, quote unquote, non-state actors, just to put it in a, in a different context. So it's becoming very difficult. No, And uh, yeah, I always say, excuse me if I repeat this, but I honestly believe I mean, there's always great investigators, detectives in Mexico, willing to put, put their lives on the line for the good of people, but it's not always in the best conditions. And, and this is like just the character of traffic. Uh, probably you, were, you guys were very young when traffic came across, I mean, a, a very popular uh, movie, which is about from the 90s, end, end of the 90s probably, yeah. Where, where the one of the three main characters is a, an honest Mexican cops. I, I fortunately I met several of cases like that, but um, some of them have been killed due to the their honesty, but also others that learn to survive and play along and try to do as much good as they can um, within the circumstances they are dealing with. Yeah. I think talking of, uh, of of good investigators who are, who are trying to deal with difficult circumstances, maybe you should touch on the violence against the press that we've seen in Baja California and in Mexico uh, oh. as a whole. Is that something you're comfortable talking about? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, and this is terribly sad, a couple of hours ago, we just learned that the 
one of the reporters who was reported missing in the neighbors in state of Sonora was being found dead. So we have another killing of a, of a reporter. We also saw that the, the case of Ciudad Juarez, they killed four employees or four workers of a radio station. Yeah, that was among terrible. Them, a broadcaster. Yeah. Apparently randomly. Apparently randomly. Okay. Yeah. But in, I mean, we, I mean, depending on which uh, toll do you take, you, you look to, because there's like the official from the government, federal government, from the CPJ, the Committee to Protect Journalists and or Reporteros Sin Fronteras, other organizations, varies. No, but this, there's about 10 or 15 between, I would say 10 or 14 or 15 journalists or media workers killed so far this year. We have two of those killings happening here in Tijuana in, in January. Um, one of them, them, I'm convinced by now that he was killed for uh, the leader of a drug trafficking cell who was operating in the east side of the city, um, who wasn't pleased with some of the stories that one of the media outlets, his name is Margarito Martinez, one of the media outlets that Margarito was working to as a freelancer was uh, was publishing very revealing stories about his the, the operation of this drug trafficker. So he ordered and paid for some other people to kill Margarito because he, in my humble opinion, was the weakest link because he was living in the same neighborhood that these guys were operating, working the night shift that is very common that only a few of them are left to, to do that shift, that bit. Uh, he was easily identifiable, identifiable for, for the crooks because Margarita will show up at the, at the crime scenes. And in many of these cases, you have people who work for the same organiza organization showing up to make sure that the guy was really killed and who showed up. And, and I mean, even when the killing is done, the criminals are still working the scene. And in some cases, we met with these guys, guys without knowing. I mean, these guys were, were um, even willing to go to the funeral of Margarito. The only reason they were not there is because they, when they approached, they saw a lot of military presence on, during the funeral. So I'm convinced that Margarito was killed due to his work as a, as a photographer. Uh, in the other case of my friend, old co-worker, uh, Lourdes Sandoval, I'm not sure what was the motive. In both cases are three people in jail, but the procedure is still on the beginning stages. Uh, we are not proof. And the main thing is we don't know who order and pay for their killings. Well, we know, or I think I have a big suspicion about which one is the guy who killed them in the case of Margarito not in the case of Lourdes and the authorities. I'm not confident enough that they're going to be able to solve the crime in this particular cases. The other one, I mean, there's two cases in Michoacán. There's other cases in Tamaulipas. Uh, I guess by now we have to count at least two or three in Sonora with the sad news that we got today. So it's difficult. I mean, not everybody is, is risking their life when they're doing uh, journalism in Mexico. But you never know when the danger will jump against you. I have a, always tell this story about a photographer who was called to cover a traffic accident. 
minor minor thing, no, not relevant. Well, the problem is that the the guy who was involved in the traffic and in the accident was a drug lord, very a very well known operator, very dangerous operator, and he kept taking pictures. Thanks to some of the officers, firefighters, and ladies who saw that he was being uh, treated not very nicely, and the ladies that intervened, he was able to get away. He had to leave town for a while. Uh, that's it, but that's the kind of environment that we are dealing with. It's not that every story makes you put you in danger, uh, but you never. I mean, you can do a lot of. You can be a reporter and not be in danger. Not be. <laughs> you don't get into subjects that are tricky. You don't dig up too much in political corruption, and you don't dig up too much on on drug trafficking, on killing homicides. You're pretty much gonna be able to to do fine, but <laughs> but the problem is. Sometimes, if you are doing a story non-related, there may be some link to put you in danger. And that's the situation. And unfortunately, the level of impunity in, on crimes against journalists is even worse than the level of impunity of general civilians in Mexico. I will say that general is about 90%, excuse me, 98%, uh, 98% for, for, for case of journalists, 90% on civilians. So our case is worse. The possibility of somebody will be punished for killing you, it's, it's very, very, very small. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's terrible. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride. Raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin. Not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I don't know. It's, again, like you said, it's not just a Mexican problem. You see in so many governments across the world where press are targeted specifically. Um, but yeah, I appreciate your work even more knowing that the percentage of, of cases or just violence against you, so, against you as a journalist is so high. It's very sad and it's very disencouraging. But uh, I always, I mean, I mean my... I have a family who is not happy because I'm still working. Then Friday they call me. They want they want me to stay at the office. They don't want me to get out. Um, <laughs> and I understand. I understand perfectly. And it's one of the, my main concerns. But also, on the other hand, it's uh, you know this is important information. Even when we are dealing with an avalanche of information that is not necessarily well treated. Uh, we need to have good information so people will make good decisions. We are in a very small, young democracy. Uh, we just began to make inroads on electoral democracy. It's relatively recent, began basically at the end of the 90s here in Baja California and has been moving to the 20, 2000s. And, and now we are unfortunately back, back in many ways, but but now you can rely now on who is running the elections. To get that information was very important. Now we need to be also very, uh, make a lot of big efforts to explain people that you can make progress. Mexico is making progress even this, in these dire conditions, but you have to pay attention and also try to, to learn where the information is coming from that not all the media is the same, that we have, we come from a big tradition of government-controlled media, uh, now media control also do trafficking organizations. And in some cases, both are linked and, and working in cahoots to, to give you trouble. And also there's a lot of press that has chosen to just go with the flow and just leave out of propaganda and, Sometimes they do good things, like they go and give voice to the people in the local community so the 
the water is reestablished or there's more um, there's a more need for to fix a park or, or to public transportation and they do do good it's important all the the job of the reporters is good but in the in the bigger dimension of the bigger problem they tend to be on the side of the government because the government found this way to give you a lot of public advertisement and to have you under their control and many reporters want to be good journalism with journalists but their editors of the owners of the companies are not willing to risk that easy way to get a lot of money from the government uh, and, and more easily than to start putting themselves on the risk which implies when you do heavily digging or criticizing the powers of being no yeah uh, how how would someone know that they're getting accurate information in that case this applies to like every country in the world you have to really be conscious and like seek out particular sources but like in this case what do you recommend for people i mean it's difficult you're right it's, it's the same problem everywhere but i guess the same uh, recipe works here i mean just double check double check your their sources try to compare several um media outlets and to see where it's reporting uh, um wh whether each of them is reporting um the same way that you find the the way they are leaning in the u.s is the what you find here but the problem is the established media or the how do you call it um the traditional media is becoming less relevant because most of the main good journalism is done by small rebels who began their own entities their own platforms i mean some cases there's good reporters working for good media outlets normally uh, those are not local i mean when you see the big co media companies don't they don't have with some uh, exception uh, they don't have many people doing good journalism at, at the local level you will find good local journalism uh, with these renegades or rebels that have people who have been fired from the big larger organization and you have to be looking for those options i mean that doesn't mean that it's a guarantee that they're gonna gonna be independent completely but you can also learn um how to read them for example there's a good case of two reporters who just were they resigned or were fired we don't know exactly but they from a well prestigious publication locally they began their own operation they have they are good proven track proven uh, as a reporters you know what yep. i'm trying to say that <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they have a, a uh, good track record good reporters. yeah a good yeah, track, good record. track okay. record yeah i, I thought that you, was what you, it was i was just like i don't i, don't, I actually don't know <laughs> yeah. I, do i don't know <laughs> phrases either yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they made a name for from themselves doing good journalism with other publications so they began their own media outlet and some people was complaining about they were too close to some uh, state agency with the new government. And they have great information. They do good, good um, reporting. But you have to look carefully and which, which type and where are they leaning to. So I always read them. I just take it with a grain of salt, as you will see, say in English, to try to balance my intake of information from different sources it's difficult to tell the people because they are not general the general public is not as involved or interested in media on in and on the newspaper or on the news like we are because we live out of it but 
people is doing their life and making the 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 will to move around no for all of us in different fronts as a doctor as a housewife as a teacher and they don't have enough time to the, to analyze media the way you do so we i think we need to do a little bit of that try to tell them this is for this reason we believe this media outlet is leaning in this direction this is subsidized or is getting we do that <laughs> this is getting this amount of money from the government and <laughs> and not this amount of money from the government that will give you a hand to take it and and to see who are they dealing with i mean there's guys who have been working for the government now are back to reporters i mean there's cases like that in the us stephanopoulos used to work for the for the one of the presidents no and uh, the guy for, of hardball from msnbc used to work for nixon no so I mean, I, we see this, but in this environment, it's more difficult to to leave out those connections, and it's always tricky to be moving from government jobs to to journalism jobs because it's not. Uh, I mean, you have to. Some. I mean, when in my perspective, I never worked for for the government. I hope I would never have to do it. But I respect the ones that they do. But you as we need to be more transparent, transparent in that sense. To be able to be fair with the people yeah that makes sense there's this interesting development uh in in mexico that i've seen in some areas like uh if i want to learn about like what's happening in the yaqui pueblos in sonora mm -hmm. or in chiapas like these people who will just be like citizen reporters on facebook doing very local reporting that seems to get really popular but they'll sort of blow up really quickly doing this like facebook only reporting it's really interesting because there's a big need of information mm -hmm. and they know yeah. many people in Mexico have learned to be distrustful of the quote-unquote legacy media. That was the expression I was looking for. Legacy media, the big companies. Um, and, and the problem is there's this uh, risk that many of those media, new media outlets, which is basically Facebook accounts or TikTok accounts now, uh, people don't know how to deal with. Uh, I mean, they... they they are, are they have good intentions, but but they don't really know how journalists should work. And in some cases, they think, except for example, that they they can take money for different actors, and that will help them to grow. And and I guess you can, but but you have to be very careful. And this has been a big problem that I'll try to emphasize every time I talk about our situation. For many years, the government was too close or the reporters were too close to the government the government will make easy with a lot of privileges for the reporters so they learn to deal with this to work in this scenario so I, if i was close to the government they will expedite a lot of things for me so to speak i can get money i can get probably a license to for a bar way quicker than somebody who is not doesn't have that access to the government i can probably get like uh um Taxi licenses, for example, because I'm a reporter, because I'm I'm close, I can get close to the movers and shakers in the political arena, no? But you, so they did that. And when the drug trafficking, the, with the narcos became another power, many, many reporters began to see it in the same way. So they were cozy with the government was a power, and they were cozy with the businessmen, and they were cozy with the with the unions because they were giving them handouts or, or treat them preferently or they were able to do some traffic of influence will give them some benefits. 
when the narcos became a problem, a regional power on their own, some of the reporters didn't see the difference or getting too close to that power. And that has put a lot of the reporters in danger. I think the reporters are learning a little bit more to stay away from those. But there's also, with the advent of, of social media, many people who are really crooks or that they were not very interested in doing things ethically from the beginning that now see that with a Facebook account, with a TikTok account or Instagram or any other platform, you can pass by a reporter. So there's this need of information, but also is, is filled with, um, with good and bad people as in any other case. And I always tell them, I mean, it's just the old analogy of, uh, of a gun. Is the gun bad or, or good? Well, depend on the circumstances you are using it, no? I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not a gun guy, but I don't want to get into your, your, your political discourse about your First Amendment, though, which one is this? Oh, that's, Second gonna, that's a whole... Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole Second other episode. Yeah. yeah. Neither do yes, we. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, Shereen, did you have anything else? No, that was awesome. Thank you so much for all the information. Yeah, and no. talking of reliable media, where can people find you online? Where can they find your work? Where can they find your social media? The main thing is TijuanaPress.com. That's our main platform. It's just an online native media outlet. Uh, it's not a newspaper. It's just that when we, we have been changing our way of work because we began as a daily. We no longer do that because uh, we don't have enough resources for that, but also there's plenty of daily uh, media outlets, digital media outlets for the daily stories. But we want to do a little bit more in-depth, more investigative, more give you context of what the, is going on. We are, is, we are in Spanish, but you can follow us on Twitter on at Tijuana Press and mm -hmm. because we try to, with our poor English, try to do some, <laughs> some tweets on English with mm -hmm. the help of Google Translator or other help guys who other colleagues that will correct our, our spelling. But that's the main way to get a hold of us. Well, that's I think perfect. your English is great. Uh, <laughs> you talked to us for an hour, and I understood everything. Um, but yeah, but thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Vicente. No, thank you, guys. Uh, it always helps us to spread the word and, and we to be able to put ourselves to be judged by the public. This is what is more important for, for us. But yeah. we don't invest in, in algorithms from any social platform because we believe in and and that the people will be willing to yeah. find us if they are really interested and you guys help us about in that sense yeah well, thank yeah thank you so much for giving us some of your time we really appreciate it thank you we'll be here okay. if you if we would be of any help thank you thank you so All much right, It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino.
I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done, outfit stunner, and my skin. I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.